All right, my friends, we are in our series called um, Vision in Action. We are going to be looking to put our vision statement in action. We're going to be looking at what that looks like. So the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a series of um, scripture passages that surround each of the ideas that support our vision statement. Our vision statement is supported by our values, our values as a church. And so one of our values, we have um, five, oh boy, one, two, three, five of them. Yeah, I counted right. I just want to make sure that was true before I said it. We have five of them. The one we're going to be talking about today is radical hospitality. If you look at our announcements, you'll see them all lined out here. Um, this week is radical hospitality. Next week is intentional faith development. The week after that is risk-taking mission and service. The week after that is transformative worship. The following week is um, engaging evangelism. And then the last week I called the whole enchilada because I just thought that was fun. But we'd be talking about all of it together, what that looks like together. So each week we're going to take one of our values and look at how that feeds our mission statement and what we can do as individuals and a community to live into our vision statement by living into these values. So these are scriptures that feed into this um, idea, this value that we have of a church is radical hospitality. So let us start with Deuteronomy 10, 19. And the scripture tells us, so show your love for the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Then in Matthew 25, 34 through 36, we're told, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says this. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. Romans 15, 7 tells us that we welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Hebrews 13, 2 tells us, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so... For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And then in, finally, in 1 Corinthians 9.22, it says, To the weak I became weak, to, the, to win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God indeed. When Joe and I first moved to Georgia, it was August, which is the wrong time to move to Georgia, in case you were wondering. 
There is one good thing about it. First of all, it's the beginning of football season, so it taught us right away what's important to y'all, football. But it also taught us that um, summer is miserable and hot and lasts forever. But we also immediately started looking for churches, which is not something that Joe and I really had done together as a couple. We had moved here from Philadelphia after I finished one of my graduate programs. And we, the first Sunday we were here, went to um, a Baptist church because none of us grew up, neither of us grew up in church. So we didn't know what any of that meant. We didn't know what Baptists were. We didn't know what Presbyterians were. We didn't know what these Methodists were. We just wanted to find a place that we felt fit us. Um, We were married by a Presbyterian. Um, We did premarital counseling with the Presbyterian church, and that was a great experience. Um, We had started going to church, the church that I went to in college where I accepted Christ was Presbyterian. I think that's why we ended up at the Presbyterian church when we were kind of dating. Um, But we really didn't have much experience with churches. So the first church, of course, that we went to here, guess what, what was it? Baptist, that's right, because, you know, they're on every corner, not every other corner, every corner. And so we went to a Baptist church, and we were welcomed well. They were very nice to us, and they were very kind, and they welcomed us well, and um, everybody said hello, and I just remember being warmly welcomed. And then later in that week, guess who showed up at my doorstep? The pastor, the, the pastor and somebody else, and we were shocked. And it was not off-putting. You know, some people think that that is off-putting, but us Californians, we were like, whoa, they noticed us. Like, we thought it was pretty darn cool. So we invited them in, and we said hello. We had a nice conversation. It was a really good experience. The next week, we tried another Baptist church because it was, we didn't really know that, that this is what they were. I figured it out later. But, and they were nice, and they were kind, and there were people that looked like us in our age group, and it was good. And then the next week is when Joe went to that fish meeting. I've told you this story if you've been here for a while. Joe went to a fish meeting, not like the fish radio station, not that cool, even though I don't know if that would be cool either, but not you know anything cool at all, an actual saltwater fish tank meeting where they do dorky things like talk about fish in tanks with water. And somebody there said hello to Joe and invited him to come to church with him at this church that happened to be meeting at a high school. And I told Joe, sure, we'll go, but there is no way that we're going to be going to church that's meeting in a high school. Well, sure enough, we show up that day, and they have signs everywhere showing us exactly where we're supposed to go. They, children, we didn't have kids yet. They had children go over here. They had donuts and coffee. And they had more than donuts. They had this spread of food that you could be eating. Um, they had coffee. They had this welcome desk where people were there with information. There was somebody standing behind the welcome desk. They greeted you well. There was somebody that walked us from when we came in the door to the welcome desk where we were greeted. When we walked into the space that was in the theater in the high school, so it was pretty nice. I mean, most theaters in high schools are nice these days. Um, There were a lot of people that stopped and said hello to us, and it just felt very, very, very welcoming, kind, a lot like the other ones, but it just seemed a a touch more intentional, the way their signage was and the way that they really stopped to think about what they were doing. It just felt different. And as we were leaving, I said to Joe, I said, okay, fine, we can go back if you really want to. And he said, but you said we never go back to a church in a school. And I said, well, you know, they probably won't be there forever. Well, it turns out we kept going back to the church 
in the school. In fact, I was baptized in a baby pool, a baby pool, filled with the coldest water you've ever felt in your entire life on the stage of that theater that following Easter Sunday, both Joe and I were, um, at that church. And the reason why we kept going back to that church was because of their hospitality. It was because of the way they welcomed us. You know, not one church that we went to was off-putting. Everybody said hello to us. Everybody welcomed us. There wasn't one that we went to where we didn't have, you know, some people will say I went to church and not one person said hello. We didn't have that experience at any of the churches that we went to. Um, and, you know, at this church, at this, uh, and it was Methodist, obviously, because we're here and, uh, you know, Methodist, but... Um, they didn't show up at my door, and that didn't make a difference whether or not they did or didn't show up at my door. It was just the way that they cared, the way that they um, said hello, how intentional they were about welcoming with us, and just the general sense of vitality in the space when we showed up. It made a huge difference to us. We didn't have a church. We didn't grow up in church. We didn't know about churches. We were exactly the type of people that churches are hungry for. You know, when I come to churches and I do work with churches, in every church that I go to, I hear this statement. Without fail, every church that I go to, somebody will say to me, why don't they come here? Why won't the people come to church? How do we get those people to come here? And those people that they're talking about, that they're hungry for, are people who are no longer going to church. Maybe they grew up in church and they don't go to church anymore people who maybe like Joe and I never went to church growing up. They are the nuns, those are the ones without any religion, the duns, the people who are just done with church, who have been hurt by church. And there's a lot of reasons why there are people who are disconnected from church, why church is irrelevant to them. And today we're going to look at how radical hospitality is an important piece to the puzzle is an important piece to a church who is vital, an important piece to a church who, does, who really is going to make a difference in their community and in the lives of those who are not connected with Christ. And so first, we have to look at what radical hospitality is and why it's important. I want to start by telling you where I get some of this from. Um, I don't typically do series that are based on books because I figure the best book we can base a series on is this one, the Bible. But because we're talking about our vision statement, we have built our values on what Bishop Robert Schnaese, this is, it says S-C-H-N-A-S-E, that's Schnaese, that's quite the last name. You think Rothschild is hard, I think Schnaese is way harder. Um, but the five practices of churches that do work that reaches people are based on based on this. Most of our values um, and what we talk about are going to be based from here, so I want you to know that. So you know if you want to read this, I welcome you to read this with me. Um, our leadership group will be looking at this. Just forewarning, have fun. Um, but So you know where a lot of this comes from. But hospitality, radical hospitality, has a specific um, definition, right? When you think about hospitality, what do you think about? You know, there's hospitality you get at, um, at a Howard Johnson, right? The lights are always on, and there's a specific level of hospitality that you ex expect at a Howard Johnson, and there's a specific level of hospitality that most of us haven't experienced, but we would expect at a place like the Four Seasons or the Ritz-Carlton. There's different levels of hospitality that people expect at different places. 
And when we walk in here, one of the things that we talked about at our vision team meetings is that we believe that we are a hospitable group of people, and I believe that you are. And we believe that hospitality is important, that we want to be loving, that we want to be kind, and that we want to be welcoming. And it's biblically, uh, and it's a biblical imperative that we be welcoming and kind. The Deuteronomy text that we looked at today where it says that we are to show love for strangers because you know what? You and I were once strangers in a foreign land too. There was a time, whether when you were a baby before you were baptized, or maybe you were an adult like me when you came to Christ, or when you came back to Christ. But there was a time when you were a stranger too. There was a time when you walked into the doors of a place and you were not in the in crowd. You didn't know everybody's name and faces and you were the stranger walking in the door. And there was a time when those people opened up their hearts and their minds to you and welcomed you in to the community. There was a time when you were welcomed. And our job as a community is to be that welcoming place, is to create a community where love and grace happens, not as individuals, but as a group. And that doesn't just happen by saying hello to each other on Sunday mornings. And that's the most important thing that we can learn from each other today is that what we do is okay, but it's not radical. The way that we welcome each other right now is a great starting point. What we have right now is a perfect place to start. Who we are right now is a great place. We don't have to jump leaps and bounds, but there is a place to grow from because we are a welcoming group. We are loving and we are caring. And when people walk in these doors, we do a pretty good job of saying hello. But typically we say hello and then we go and sit down. But is that enough? Is that what radical hospitality means? Is that enough to get people who are out there in here? And then once they're in here, to have them come back, to have the people who try it out once to come back again. What does that look like? What does radical hospitality actually look like? In order to understand what radical hospitality looks like, we have to look at the person who created what radical hospitality is. And who do you think that person is? Jesus, that's right. Benjamin would totally know the answer. He would have had it in 2.5 seconds. Jesus, right? Jesus showed us what radical hospitality looks like. And all of these statements that we have in the rest of the scripture that we look like are statements either from Jesus or from Paul based on Jesus' teaching. Teaching about who we are supposed to be as we welcome people into our fold. And as you look at these statements, there's a few things that become clear about what Jesus expects of us as a community that welcomes people well. To welcome people well, to be a hospitable community, we have to be a community that doesn't just wake up in the morning ready to say hello. We have to be a community that is intentionally, throughout the week, before Sundays, we have to be a community that is praying, praying every day that God is going to send people to us. Not only that, but praying every day that God will put people in our path that we can invite here. Then we need to be planning and preparing for what that morning looks like. 
and what those other events look like so that we can welcome people well into the fold. We have to be proactive. We have to take initiative. We need to be praying, planning, and preparing for the times that God is going to put somebody in our midst. Because when somebody walks in that door, we have one shot. One shot to show them that this is a place where they can find the love of God, where they can find the connection that they have been missing. Because you know what? People are lonely. People are hurting. They are looking for a place where they can belong. But if they walk in these doors and one or two people say hello, I promise you that's not going to be enough for them to come back. Even the best sermon ever preached is not going to be enough for them to come back. Great worship music is not going to be enough to get them to come back. We have to pray and plan and prepare so that when people walk in these doors, they feel a sense of community that is unlike anything they felt before, that is unlike anything they experience in the world. And so that when they leave here, They can't help but thinking about what they experienced here throughout the week. So that when they leave here, they realize that that thing that they've been missing in their life is something that can be found in this space. So that when they leave here, they know that this is a place where there are people who will care for them and that this is a place where they will experience the presence of God. That is not something I can do on my own. That is not something that Kyle can do by singing the best songs. That is something that you and I have to do together. And Jesus showed us how to do it. Every time Jesus welcomed people, he did it in a radical way. So hospitality hospitality is a way of welcoming people and helping them to receive the love of God, but doing it radically is different, is doing it in a way that's unexpected. And Jesus always did things in a way that was unexpected, didn't he? Jesus didn't wait for people to come to him. That's the first thing we need to understand. We have to stop waiting for people to come to us. It's not going to happen, especially in this world. We now live in a post-Christian world. Have you heard that before? It's called post-Christendom, where it used to be that everything was circled around the Christian life, right? Wednesdays were held on high. Sundays were held on high. Stores were closed. People didn't do anything but do the Christian lifestyle on Sundays and Wednesdays, and everything revolved around that. We don't live in that world anymore. And we probably will never live in that atmosphere again. So we have to learn to change the way that we think, the way that we act, so that we can reach people where they are now, instead of wondering, why aren't they just coming here? Why aren't they just showing up? We have to decide to go out to where they are and either meet them there with the word of God or invite them there to join us here. Two things. We either meet them there with the word of God, wherever it is that they are, or invite them when we meet them to join us here. We have to stop asking why aren't they here and start changing our behavior to meet them where they are, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus never waited for people to show up to him. He was always going. He was always going. Think about that. 
He didn't set up a building in a church where he stood and waited for people to show up to him. He was always going to where the people were. He always also stepped towards people that other people were stepping away from. And as your pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, I will always be leading us to step towards people that other people are telling you you should be stepping away from. Because I promise you that they have problems just like you have problems. And I'm going to promise you that your problems are not so different than their problems. The world may label them different. The world may say that they are different than you, but I'm telling you right now they're children of God. I'm telling you right now that they were created in the image of God like you were created in the image of God. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus would have walked right up to them and given them love and grace and mercy just like he gives us. And so our job is to be like Jesus and to welcome people that other people are walking away from, whatever that looks like. However God sees fit to send people our way, we say, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. Let us walk with you in this journey. And that scares me sometimes to say that, because when you invite it, when you say it, it's going to come, and we're going to have to have these discussions, because somebody in this group is going to say, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that, and I'm going to say, so sorry, but that's a human being that we have to love. We love like Jesus loved. We step outside the lines like Jesus steps outside the lines to reach people who need to know the love of God. Radical hospitality. And we don't wait for them to come here. Jesus invited people into the circle. When you come here on Sunday, are you inviting people into the circle? Or are you just doing your regular, everyday routine? And that's where we need to change our behavior, because I do that. I just come, I show up, I say hello, I welcome, and then we go on with the next routine. But how are we thinking about inviting each other into the circle, into the community, into deeper relationship? Do you know the names of everyone around you? Do you know what they do for a living? Do you know if they're a grandmother, a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle? Do you know what it is that they love, what their passions are? Or is there just a small group of people that you know well? To be radical, we have to open up those windows, and we have to let all of the people in this community in. That's radical hospitality. So what do we do? I mean, it's a lot of work to get from where we are to where we could be, from where we are today to where God's calling us to be. Because I believe that in all of the neighborhoods around us, we've looked at it, they're younger families, right? And when you walk in here, we have some younger families, but we don't perfectly reflect the community. So how do we make that community feel welcome in this space? How do we reach them? How are we hospitable to them? What does that look like? Well, the first thing we have to do, because I don't have all the answers, the first thing, guess what that is? The first thing we have to do is pray. Not just me. 
I'm inviting all of us, every single one of us, to pray, to pray each day that God would show us as a community, a church community, how to be hospitable to our larger community. What does God want us to do as a church community to be completely hospitable to our larger community? Our scripture tells us that we are supposed to serve. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus did not come to be put on high, but to live a humble life. In Romans, we are told to welcome one another just as Christ welcomed us. And each week, I tell you that Christ is welcoming you into a relationship. But are you out there, am I out there each week encountering people, telling them that Christ is welcoming them into community? Because that's our job. You were put in this neighborhood for a reason. Have you ever thought about that? That where you live, where you work, and where you go to church, where you do your extracurricular activities, if you, your children, your grandchildren, if you take them to baseball, to horse riding lessons, to um, soccer, those moments, those communities, those spaces, you have been put in those places for, on a purpose. Are you using those opportunities to create relationship, to be hospitable, to share what you have here, with others. It's not an accident that you're there. It's not just for living. It's for them too. So this week, our job is to pray. Our job all week is to pray that God would start to show us what being hospitable looks like in our lives and then in the life of this church and then a life in our community. Because it's all three levels. We're going to have to do it as individuals. Then we're going to have to do it as a community. And then we're going to have to go and do it in the community. So what's your job this week? What's your job this week? There you go. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for God to show us. And I don't mean once. I want you praying every day for God to show you what hospitality looks like for you in your neighborhood for you in your communities where God puts you, whether that's at work, in sport communities, in, in this church community. What does hospitality look for you like for you on Sunday mornings? What does hospitality look like for you? I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for the hospitality of that church. I wouldn't. I would not be a pastor. I would not be, um, I would not be so many things. I am a completely radically changed human being. Because in 2004, when Joe and I were looking for churches, we walked into one that was radically hospitable. That decided to walk with Joe and I step by step as we grew in our faith. And there was something that was clear about how intentional they were 
about welcoming, about greeting, about reaching out, and about walking with people through their faith life that we could sense in our very first visit. That's what radical hospitality looks like, and that's the fruit that it can produce. How do we become radically hospitable as a church and as individuals? To those in our church family, to those in our families themselves, and to those in our community. That's the challenge for us this week. Let us pray. God, I ask you to show us, each and every one of us, what radical hospitality looks like in our individual lives. The job of hospitality, it sits on all of our shoulders. The job of welcoming, saying hello, greeting, the job of praying and planning and preparing for those who will walk in these doors, for those that you want us to go and greet in the neighborhood. God, that's on our shoulders. And Lord, if we were to take that call seriously, I can only imagine what it is that we could do in this community, that you could do through us as we take that call seriously. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.